0: Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co host, Dr. Monica Ogando.
1: And I'm Amy Walker.
0: We are delighted that you are here. I love talking about this topic that we're going to talk about today. Self-care isn't what you think it is. And a lot of times people have this conversation about self-care, like it's like, you know, pretty pedicures and hanging off of a yacht so you can take selfies on Instagram and so forth. (laughs) That is is one aspect of self-care, but that's not all that it is. And we are going to want to go into today in this episode, some of the more foundational and sustainable ways that you can practice self-care without necessarily posting everything that you eat and do on Instagram.
1: Yeah. So I'm not an overly girly girl. It's a good thing that I had five boys because I literally don't know how to braid hair. Um, In fact, when I broke my wrist a year or so ago, it was a very challenging time in my life because nobody knew how to put hair in a ponytail. And it was an issue. My, my son's best friend who also has all brothers uh, came over and taught them how to put my hair in a ponytail. (laughs) It was pretty bad. So a lot of the things that, you know, I have heard about like, Go shopping, buy yourself something nice, um, get your nails done, get your hair done, get a makeover, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just does not do it for me. But the thing that I have found is that if I am not intentional with self care, then I become unintentional with self soothing. And the self soothing is quite often negative. So, for example, I've been working really hard. I deserve some ben and jerry's. Um I have had a long day i'm gonna I'm gonna binge on Netflix tonight or insert something else, but they're they're things that are soothing. They're not necessarily nurturing. so that's been something that I've been having some awareness around lately is when I feel that need to go into self soothing, I'm asking myself, okay, what is it that I really need? like what's the nurturing that I need right now, and sometimes it's like. I need to lay here and do some deep breaths and just be and sometimes it's i i haven't eaten in a long time and i need to actually i haven't had enough protein today i need some protein or sometimes it's um i need a hug and i need some snuggles and i need like physical touch like it's been really insightful as i pause and i ask myself what is it that I need? What is the nurture? It's a very different answer than where I go to first. Cause where I go to first is unintentional soothing. Like, Oh, I, I need some soothing. There's definitely something needed here. And the interesting thing is that you can guarantee the soothing. You can't always guarantee the nurture, right? Like you can't always guarantee that you feel and receive what you need because sometimes nurture involves others and things that are outside of your control. Um, but it's been so much more restful for me. Yeah. I love that you're using a distinction about
0: nurture and soothing because I call it um, medication. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we medicate ourselves with our own appetites. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that appetite might be going shopping. It might be the appetite of entertainment. It might be the appetite of sex. It might be the appetite of food. There's a lot of appetites that we use to self-medicate and that's not nurturing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, food is supposed to nurture you and give you the nutrients that you need so that you can perform your best life. It's not yeah. supposed to lay you out and lay you unconscious <laughs> with, a, with a sugar coma so that you don't have to deal with whatever it is that you're escaping from. <laughs> and so it's a, it's a good distinction to have because then what it does is that it allows you to really get conscious. about what is it really that I'm wanting here?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so the other thing that I've been thinking about, and I am not here. But I read somewhere recently, it was probably on someone's Facebook post that their version of self-care is living a life that they don't need to escape from. And I was like, oh, that's good. I don't have that though. I still am like, I need a vacation. I need to take tonight off. Like I'm I'm still living my life in a way that I do get to points where I'm like legit mama needs a break from all this. So I'm not there, but I really love that concept you're not there, but you really love the concept of what, which, which part living your life in a way that you are taking care of yourself so well. And so consistently that you don't need breaks from it. Oh, right. Yes. I mean, I think that that's, um, I think that's
0: a dance, Mm -hmm.
1: you
0: know, I think the contrast and the peaks and valleys are in themselves lessons and tools for mastery for us to practice. I think the reason why we go sometimes the pendulum swings so far to the left of self-neglect or self-abandon is so that we can, you know, the response to that is usually going all the way to the other end and just being like self-indulgent and and nihilistic. And the contrast helps us to be like, okay, I don't want either one of these extremes. Where do I go so that it can be a nice balance? And we dance in between that. The other thing that I want to say about it too is that if you think of yourself as a high-performing high pe- high performing athlete, boxers or football players or basketball players, et cetera, They have an on season and an off season. Right. And they eat differently in the off season than they do when they're it's on season. There's a certain mm-hmm. pace that happens when they're in season or on season, then off season. And yeah. it is not sustainable. And sometimes what happens in entrepreneurial world is like it's always on season. <laughs> you're always launching or you're always... Uh, seeking sales strategies and going to conferences and hiring and training and firing and it's like you're always operating on all cylinders and it's and we've become this culture of celebrating the hustle instead of celebrating the victory because the vict you can get to the victory in a very elegant smooth flowy way and it doesn't have to cost you your marriage it doesn't have to cost you your uh, cortisol levels it doesn't have to cost you a heart condition uh And that it costs you, that isn't something to celebrate. Like, wow, look at you. You're such a hard
1: worker. Yeah. Truth bombs coming at you today on your circle of influence. So Monica, let's, if you're good to go here, let's talk about, you are in a very challenging time where you are full-time caregiving for your dad who's on hospice and also kind of being the family glue that's keeping everyone together how and still working and trying to commute back and see your husband like every once in a while how and and that's a legit season of i don't want to call it crisis but there are certain times where like you have to look at the life and go yeah this isn't what i would choose but it is what i choose to do so how are you finding self-care and what are you doing for it in the midst of like a legit hard season
0: Yes. Okay. So one of the things that I, you know, that I've practiced for many, many years is regular fasting. Mm -hmm. Fasting and prayer has been one of my go-to spiritual practices for many, many years. It's how I healed cancer. And um, my water fasting is is typically 40 days of just water, right? Mm -hmm. I've played around with other other rhythms. Like sometimes it'll be seven days of just water and then have one meal and then another seven days of just water and then have one meal. And that way, um, mostly for health reasons, because as I've gotten older, I find that I need more electrolytes and I need my hormones to be at a, at a balanced level, et cetera, et cetera. And what this moment of my life has called me to advocate for myself for is I don't have time to, there's no space psychologically, emotionally, even logistically to coddle unaffected or ineffective communication with people in my life. Right? Like my father is literally at, at death's door. So it's like, I have to make my requests clear. I don't have time to be pussyfooting around. Like, who could you maybe please? And hints and passive aggressive behavior and <laughs> as, as, Familiar as those things may be, they're not effective. If they ever were effective, they're not effective now. Um, so I've I've had to be very clear with people. And sometimes my clarity comes across as being abrupt or uh unfriendly or unloving. So I've had to speak to the elephant in the room and just kind of do the whole disclaimer thing. And the disclaimer thing is more so so, so that I'm being responsible not only for communication i'm giving but also how it's being received Mm -hmm. i'm being very conscious of that and then once once i've made my state clear then i leave people to however you know like how you choose to work with that is up to you and i'm okay with however it is that you choose to work with that and that's been a source of conflict particularly for my mother and i because we have different communication styles we we're from different generation yeah. of what it looks like to be a wife or a mother or a daughter or dutiful or abnegation you know all of that stuff and so there we've we've had some clashes about it um and it's it's always been important for me to, for to have her understand that my not agreeing with what she's doing doesn't isn't my rejection of what of her behavior isn't a rejection of her Mm-hmm. And it's funny to hear myself say that because a lot of times what happens is, (laughs) in your zero to seven, that's the thing that you most want from your parents. Parents are, you know, tantamount to God to a child, and so what the thing that you most want from your parents is, I'm loved and lovable, no matter what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I I recognize that neither one of my parents got that in their zero to seven, which is why they were so committed to giving it to us in our zero to seven as their children. Mm -hmm. So, well, one of the things, one of the magical things that happens when you give children unconditional love (laughs) is that they have no problems saying no to the shit that doesn't work for them. Right. And they become self advocates in that way. And then it's like, wait a minute, what? I can't manipulate you with guilt trips, but my mother did that. It's like, yeah, but you said it didn't work for you and you weren't going to raise your children that way. So now (laughs) you're on the other side of what that looks like. And I've had to, the self-care for me says, no, I don't want to do that. Like in the Bible, it says let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Mm -hmm. That also means when somebody wants you to do something for them and you don't want to do it, it's okay to say no. That's part of, that's an acceptable response to a request. Yeah. And I've had to grapple with guilt feelings about it because, you know, both of my parents are older and there Mm -hmm. are certain things that my mother cannot physically do. So and also, I don't want to do them. So then it's like, okay, but it still needs to get done. So can we get it done and not have to break my own boundaries and not have to force her to do something she's incapable of doing physically? <laughs> like, we have to come up with some win-win. Yeah. So self-care isn't just about me and what I want to do. It's also making sure that other people feel taken care of as well.
1: Mm, that's good. Self-care. Well, this goes back to a conversation that we had a few episodes ago. where It's not us versus them. It's us and us. Yeah. So. Self-care isn't just my care, it's our care. I love that. So I'm in a different season right now where um, I'm experiencing a lot of wins in a lot of places. And as a result, it's like my challenge is don't put the brakes on because it's all it's almost overwhelming how many new clients we have coming in and how many new leads we have coming in and how many new opportunities. It's almost overwhelming. And in the past, what I would do is I would put the brakes on so that I could be comfortable with the level of business that we're doing. But I am really comfortable. I know what that level is. It's between five and 600,000. And if I want to be a million and beyond, then I have to step into this new space of I'm not comfortable with how many new clients we have. I'm not comfortable with how many leads, you know, like all of that is uncomfortable for me. So what I'm looking at with self-care is putting boundaries on my work and being okay with it because what I've done in the past is, okay, there's more going on. That means Amy works more and I, and putting boundaries around my time, uh, doing things like giving myself little uh, walks during the middle of the day when normally my butt would be glued to the chair until the work was done, Um, doing meditation breaks, taking little power naps, um, taking days off. Uh, When we had uh, Kayla on our show recently, Kayla Osterhoff, and she was talking about our cycles, I went into my calendar and I blocked off my menstruation days, the first two days of my period for all the months. And I put them in as planning days because- Good for you. No, it sounded cooler than period days. So I put them in as planning days, but they're t- <laughs> um, but just being in that space of protecting my needs and not putting the brakes on is super new territory for me. But that is that is one of my biggest self-care efforts right now.
0: I love that. I think that uh, honoring cycles, not just our own cycles as women, but also just the cycle of life, you know, like winter is a time for clearing and 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 barrenness and openness and it's so interesting to me that our culture is very counter counter to that the times Mm -hmm. in in nature if you watch nature right the winter is desolate it's open It's it's like low low external activity a lot of internal activity because things have been planted and you just need to let them grow but the external activity is very little yet our culture in that time that's when we're the busiest Used yeah. Halloween, and then we have Thanksgiving, and then we have um, the Christmas, like all the shopping and the sales and the eating and the cookies and the parties and the blah 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 blah. And then you have you know New Year's Eve and da da da. And then, as if that weren't enough, then you top it all off with like Valentine's Day, more sugar and more candy and more chocolate and more pressure and more emotional guilt. And it's like, are you serious? Do you ever let up? Is there ever a time when you can just sit and be still? And for me, it has been a groundbreaking practice to instead of following social norms to allow myself and my family traditions to circle around or to um, be aligned with nature's cycles Mm -hmm. so i don't fast for example in the summer when it's plenty fruit and the harvest and so forth i do it in the winter when everybody else is eating cookies it's like wait why are you fasting in november and december that's all the food is and yeah but that's for you because you're doing the cultural thing. I'm doing nature thing. Um, and so that has felt so beautifully healing for me as, as we move forward.
1: Awesome. I don't know that I want to fast in November and December, but I do want to simplify and, um, I, you know, even just as my, my kids are all out of school now. In fact, I don't know if you can hear them, but they're doing something downstairs that is making them all really excited. And Brendan sounds like he's growling. So I don't know what's going on. I don't hear him, but thank goodness for noise canceling microphones. (laughs) So You know, I've been thinking this through because uh, we just got done with crazy month of May, which was exhausting, very successful in business, but very exhausting. And then we're into the summer and our summers are short here in Georgia. We only have about two months off. And in that they squeeze in church camp and they squeeze in uh, youth conference and they squeeze in band camp and they squeeze in cross country practice. And so the summers are also busy. And then we go right back into the school year and it's busy again. And I want to take a break this summer. This is the summer before my son is leaving home. He's going to be moving out in uh, September and he'll be gone for a couple of years. We won't, act, we won't have him home at all for a couple of years. He's going to serve a two-year mission for our church. And um, I want some slow down time. And yet there's so much already on the schedule that I'm I'm grappling between the two. Like, what does it look like for me to go slow and give myself what I need and not require that everyone else around me do the same? Like, let them all go at their paces, but honor my need to go slower. So I guess that's more of a question that I have for our listeners. I would love to hear if you have figured out that magic solution. I don't have that answer yet, but I'm I'm ready for it.
0: I love it. I'm very curious about that too. The, for me, the answer has been the, well, you and I have talked about this where I have made my business client independent um, Mm -hmm. and the times when I don't have the bandwidth or the, or the space, just like I do now with my father's situation to be very client interfacing. Um, Mm -hmm. or to be like out there hustling and generating sales or whatever. So a lot of that means, okay, well then just focus on your investments and focus on subcontracting work where you can just like show up and be a contribution, but you don't have to keep the machine running. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm curious as to how our audience has managed to do that, or if they haven't yet gotten an answer, then what are you currently grappling with? Let's, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, give us some insights. They may turn into future episodes, my friends. Well, I should we do? Did we do a listener challenge? Have we done one yet? I think that was it. Just there. That's it. Yeah. Okay. There it is. Answer Amy's question and solve all my life woes. And that- <laughs> exactly. There
0: you go. It's, <laughs> that's really what we do the podcast for, so that we can get some free answers.
1: Be my Yoda. <laughs> All right. Well, my friends, we are so grateful that you spend time with us and that you share these episodes with your friends when there's something meaningful and engage in the conversation. So thank you for being here. Um, we invite you to reach out. I'm at Amy Walker Consulting on Instagram. Monica is at Monica Ogando. And nope, I said it wrong. Monica gave me the look. I'm at Amy Walker Coach on Instagram. I don't even know my handle, but she knows it and she gave me the look. <laughs> That's lovely. What are you talking about, girl? Um, yes, so at Amy Walker Coach at Dr. at Monaco Gondo. And you can reach out to us at your circle of influence. And as always, leave us your comments and leave us your reviews. We love hearing from you. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you soon.